Jesus could have walked me off the mountain. Seats fine and April Anderson. Enjoy and so But he said, I'm going to have mercy on that little girl. Because somewhere down the road, she's going to be converted. And when she's converted, and I begin to pour my wisdom and knowledge into her, she will begin to help other people come out of what she's in right now. Amen? There's some of y'all that's sitting under the sound of my voice right now that your sole purpose in this life, other than worshiping and praising God, that's our sole purpose, you know what? Everybody's running around going, what am I called to do? What am I called to do? You're called to worship. You're called to praise. If you don't know any other calling in your life, get up every morning and just begin to praise God because that's your highest calling. That's your highest calling. It's going to be a little bit different tonight, okay, because of what the Lord has given me. But I got confirmation on it right from the get-go from Shay and then from even the worship team, some of the stuff that they were saying. So it's going to be a little bit different tonight. But how many of you know that we're living in a time right now to where we need the meat of the Word? We need the meat of the Word. We need something that... How many of you know that you can sit around and eat cauliflower and do all of that stuff? Hey, I've been there and done that. You can eat all that stuff, but five minutes later, you're hungry again. I can take you and feed you some good Chinese food with the rice and the noodles and all that stuff. Now, I'm not talking about Chinese where you pour the meat on top of it. I'm talking about just regular Chinese food where you eat noodles and vegetables and that kind of stuff. And two hours later, you're going to be hungry again. But it's time for us to eat the meat of God's Word. Because, and this is what made me think of that. I'm afraid, Shay, that so many times that we have give people a lot of fluff sometimes. And we have, oh, you're you're called to to be the next Benny Hinn. And you know, and that's good if that's what God's called you to do. But I've seen so many times, Shay, people chasing those callings. And they'll chase a calling, they'll chase a calling, they'll chase a calling. And when the battle comes and the heat gets hot, We wither away. Yeah. April has got a message that she's getting together. Can you tell me the name of that April? Excitement and zeal will get you somewhere, but devotion will keep you there. Excitement and zeal. Y'all look for that because she'll be putting it out. Excitement and zeal will get you somewhere. And it will. I've seen, I have seen ministers. No joke. I've seen ministers that I thought, my God, I wish I could preach like that. I wish I had what they had, man. I met people climbing the poles and them up preaching. But I've seen those same ministers that in about two years, they burn out. Now, I'm talking about ministers that started out. I'm talking about ministers that start out. I preached in my church a few weeks ago that Paul said not to put young in leadership. Because he said, because if you do, the pressure is liable to crush them. In one translation, that's what it says. That the pressure is liable to crush them. And sometimes I think, so many times, 
that we've got in this. And don't get me wrong, I love a good... April can preach the paint off the walls. <laughs> she preached the paint off the walls up at Franklin. And it was wonderful. And it was anointed and it wasn't no fluff. It was the meat of the Word. But sometimes... I think that we get so carried away sometimes that we get away from the meat of the Word and we go into and everybody's lifting everybody up and you've got people going out and running after gifts and callings and it's like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let's get back. Let's get back. Okay? And I know we're in a room full of recovery people so don't throw nothing at me. I'm going to stand some up, one of these gentlemen on the front row in front of me. But listen, I run a recovery home in Scottsville. And I have seen them go from one addiction that, that you would think would be good, and they would go to an addiction of Jesus. And you think, oh, that's wonderful. Amen. An addiction to Jesus is wonderful. But an addiction to a calling is not. Because here's the thing. They begin chasing that next high. And that next high is a speaking engagement. That next high is getting in at a recovery home to, to give your testimony. That next high is getting some excitement. Can I tell you something? It's exciting. First time I preached in a jail, my goodness, it was good. I loved it. But I'd not been in church for, gosh, 10, 15 years before I ever preached my first sermon. We have to be careful that we don't chase the calling or the gift, but that we're chasing the one that give us the calling and we're chasing the one that give us the gift. Amen? Because here's what I have learned through that. When we chase Him, He puts us in places that we can use those gifts and those callings. We've not got to open a door for ourselves. He will swing the doors wide open. I've never asked to go speak at a place. I've never in my life. Have I, April? I've never asked, have I, to go speak. April has never. Now, the Lord didn't tell me this. And I thought, well, Lord, why didn't you tell me that? But he never told me that. He told April. He said, your gift will make room for you. Your gift will make room for you. But now listen. Her gift did not make room for her for probably 10 years. 10 years. God did not open a door for her to do hardly anything for 10 years. But her gift made room for her. Her gift, made, my gift has made room for me. I've not asked anybody to go speak. I've not opened doors for myself. God opened those doors. But when God opens those doors, there's an anointing on that that will take you places. I just went a few weeks ago and preached in Auburn. And it's the first time that I've ever preached anywhere, Shay. That I felt like, I mean, I preach here. I don't know how to say this without it sounding weird. My, my function in the body is, a, is as an apostle, okay? But I preach just as soon, okay? I come here and I don't try to preach as an apostle and get you lined up and get you straightened out and get Shay straightened out. And I don't do that because there's no need for me to do that here. So I just come and preach. I just come and have a good time with you guys and listen to awesome worship and just preach. But God sent me on an assignment 
to Auburn, Kentucky a few weeks ago. And that's the first time since I've been doing this that I felt like that I stepped into my calling as an apostle. Do you know why? Because it wasn't how good I preached, but it was the anointing that I felt behind that to lift that area. I went into an area and plowed ground. That's the calling of an apostle. And I didn't open that door. I did not open that door at all. Didn't even know the man that called me. The man did not even know me. God opened that door. So I'm saying that to say this. If you want to know what your calling is, hit your face. Yeah. Yes, prophecy is good. April could prophesy to you, and if the Lord told her, she might could tell you what your calling is. But she cannot confirm that calling for you. She can use her gifting to confirm the calling for you. I said it backwards. But she cannot use that gifting to call you. God has to call you, then she can use her gifting to confirm your calling. Does that make sense? But it's up to you to get on your face and get with God and let God call you. Now that's kind of a side note for, for me, but I felt like that I needed to say that. And listen, I'm not saying that y'all are running after a calling, but in the time that we're living in right now, Shay, it is so important that we can hear from God ourselves. Yeah. My God, I've never seen so much deception out there in my life. Amen. I never have seen so much deception in my life. But if you are in your word and you're on your face, God will not deceive you. Yeah. The word will not deceive you. And if somebody's trying to deceive you with the word, if you're in the word, they can't do it. They can't do it because if you are in that word and you know what that word says, especially, now I'm going to insert this in, you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Because that Holy Ghost on the inside of you is like a checkpoint. When somebody says something, there will be a check come up in your spirit and you'll think, uh-oh, that don't sound right. I sit and listen to a preacher that was over me probably... By 40 years, he'd been in the Word and preaching that long. Now, the man's done passed away now, and it wasn't my pastor, by the way. It was another man that we went to visit his church. And he'd been preaching for like 40 years. And I just got in, got filled with the Holy Ghost. I tore up. Yes. And I'm sitting there listening to him preach. And all of a sudden, he says something, and I'm like, that ain't right. I thought, is that right? And I'm looking at Scott. And Scott's looking at me all weird, like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, nothing. So we get in the car and head back home. And there was a, a friend of ours that had been in church longer than me. And I said, I want to ask you something. Is that right? She said, no. No. She said, I was going to talk to you about it when we got home. But no. Now, I want to ask you something. Who told me that? That was the Holy Ghost. That was the Holy Ghost that, that says it will lead you into all truth. All truth. So it's very important that you get baptized in the Holy Ghost. If you're not baptized in the Holy Ghost, there's enough people that's baptized in the Holy Ghost in this place, on Shay's prayer team, and on the worship team, that can pray for you real quick to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. 
And it don't take all night. All you got to do is be a willing vessel, and boom, he's going to fill you. Amen? So listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach for just a minute. April, if you, do you have something? Has the Lord put something on your mind before I start doing this? Are you sure? Okay. So, as I was, as I come in here, I heard the Lord say, tell them not to quit. Yeah. Tell them to just not quit. And I thought, Lord, are you sure? I mean, that's, are you sure? And he said, tell them to just not quit and don't give up hope. Yeah. Amen. And then Shane stood up and said almost those exact same words that he had just told me in that bathroom right there. <laughs> and I thought, okay. I guess I guess the Holy Ghost knows what he's doing and I don't. So I want to read out of 2 Timothy 3 and 1. And this is Paul. This, I mean, this is Timothy. He says, you, this is Paul talking to Timothy. He said, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. How many knows that we're living in the last days? Now, I can't tell you how close we are. I wouldn't even attempt to say how close we are. But I can tell you by the signs in this word that we are living very close to the last days. I don't know what's going to happen. There's different doctrines. There's, different, there's things that's, that people told me that's confused me. I've been in this for 30 years. And, they think, and I'm like, I go home and ask God, Am I, are we deceived? Are we, are we deceived or are we believing? He said, no, Sue. No. He said, they are just grasping at straws. And this is people that is quoting scripture. This is people that's quoting scripture. And I'm like, God. That's the reason I said we need to know this word. Yeah. I want to encourage you. It's wonderful to worship. Wonderful. And the presence of God will come when you worship. Yeah. But I want to encourage you. If you don't do but 15 to 20 minutes a day, get in your word. Get in your word. You need to know the word. When I was sitting there, I was thinking about something. And I'm weird. I, God speaks to me in weird, weird ways. All of a sudden, my mind just went off like they was just worshiping. And I went and sat down because my knees was hurting. And I felt like I was going to pass out. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting there and, I'm, and it's like I'm not even in this room. And I could see me and different ones in our house. And all of a sudden, the Lord said... What would you do if you couldn't gather no more? Would you still worship me in your house? Sue, would you be an apostle over your house? April, would you be a prophet over your house if there was nobody there? But Ben and April and Renly and Everly and Kiana. No fame. No applause. Nobody up here to pump you up and get you going in worship. And I know they don't just do that to pump you up. That's just part of worship. But if we didn't have that, what, what, if, what if I didn't? See, I'm not a worshiper. I can't sing like this sister sings. 
I mean, she can get me in the spirit of God if I'm in the worst mood ever. I think I can come in here fixing to just quit and tell everybody to go take a flying leap somewhere. And time she gets done singing, then I'm in the spirit of God. But what if I didn't have that? Could I get myself? Could I worship myself enough to get myself that way? And I don't, honest to goodness, I don't know, but all of a sudden I just began feeling that. And it was like, so what if you didn't have all this? What if you didn't get to go minister to 50 people or 100? What if you just got to minister to your husband and your kids? Would you still put your all in it every day? Now see, I told you it's a little bit different and it's hard. But it's time that we wake up. The church has got to wake up and be real. We've got to be real. We've got to say, hey, this thing's for real. What if somebody comes in all of a sudden and says, Shane, y'all can't leave your house tomorrow. Nobody is meeting no more in any public setting. Now, why are you saying that? Do we have enough to hold us? Do we have enough that if we're shut up in our house with our husbands, or our wives, that we wouldn't totally kill them? Do we have enough God in us that we wouldn't just totally choke Scott plumb to death? Or that he wouldn't choke me plumb to death? It comes down to we've got to shake ourselves. And we've got to say what's real and what's not. Okay? So Timothy says, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. John 16 says, in 1 and 3, it says, I have told you these things so that you will abandon the faith. See, God told me to tell some of you, don't quit. Just don't quit, man. Just don't quit. I don't care what kind of hell you're walking through. I don't care how bad that you feel. I don't care how bad you want to run and get a shot. I don't care how bad you want to snort something up your nose. I don't care how bad you want to go sleep with some woman. I don't care how bad it is. God says if you just want to abandon the faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. See, you can't see that your victory is just over the horizon of this battle. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost on that one. The victory is right over the horizon. Or if you want to say it like this, this when you climb that hill, how many of you ever went uh, climbing? Like mountain climbing or just, just climb a hill? I used to squirrel hunt. Me and my daddy used to squirrel hunt. And we'd have to climb hills enough that you'd have to take a stick and walk up that hill with it. And I thought, my God, I'm going to die before I get there. My daddy was 60 years old and he is still just trucking. And here I was in my 20s and I'm thinking, my God, I'm fixing to die. And he said, come on, son, just right at the top of the hill is this hickory tree. And I thought, my God, that squirrel ain't worth this. Now you got to know I love squirrel. But listen, that, that's what God gave me to compare this to. You ever been climbing a hill and you think, my God, I can't get to the top. 
I've got to sit down. I ain't going to make it, man. I'm not going to make it. This hill is going to get me. I'm not going to make it to the top of this hill. But I'm here to tell you, by the Spirit of the living God, I'm here to tell you that God says if you will climb to the top of that hill, right on the other side, when you get to the top and you look over, you're going to see your victory. Amen? Yeah. Amen. There's victory in the house tonight. Come on, somebody holler victory for me. If you've got to walk in place, just walk. If Jesus come out, I'm coming out too. Just walk. Just walk. Well, I'm telling you, just scream victory. If you want the victory, all you've got to do is scream victory because I'm telling you, victory! Come on! Victory! I'm telling you, it's here. There's victory here. And God says to tell you, don't quit. Now listen, you're going to hear me say that a lot tonight. Because that's what this house needs right now. God, and I don't know if it's this house or if it's just the people that has come here. But God says, don't give up hope. Don't give up hope. Hope and faith works hand in hand. Yeah. Hope and faith is right there together. I've got hope. I'm going to make it. Can I tell you something? If you've got hope... Your faith is going to push you on. Amen. There's a scripture in the Bible that says hope deferred makes the heart sick. When, I first, when they first diagnosed me with cancer, on my way home, I had no hope. I'm going to be honest with you. I had no hope. I had felt like that the Lord told me not to take chemotherapy and I didn't take it. And my cancer come back. Now that's a big sock in the gut right there. Because I just knew everything in me that told me not to take that chemotherapy. I even, I think I even told that here at one of Shay's meetings that we had AWA that the Lord told me not to take it. Now why he told me that, I don't know. Do I think he still told me that? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. But on my way home from that doctor's appointment, I was by myself. I was just going for a checkup. The doctor told me that he thought it wasn't nothing. He said, so it ain't nothing. It's just a fatty tissue, fatty tumor. So I just went by myself. And I didn't. So when I go in there, he says it's cancer. And it's not only cancer, it's in my bones. So on the way home, all hope was gone for me. I cried all the way home. I thought, Lord, it's done. All this that I've believed in all this time, it's done. All this that I've preached all this time, it's done. I went home. People were telling me stuff, but I could not. I could not turn on it. I could not. People was telling me the good stuff, prophesying over me, but I could not grab hold of it. And unless you grab hold of it for yourself, nobody can have faith for you. Nobody can have hope for you. You've got to see the top of that mountain. And you've got to say, I've got it in me to climb to the top of that thing. 
Because with Jesus pushing me, I'm going to need a drink. I need a drink. Victory. I need a drink. You've got to have it for yourself. But there was a day that I woke up. And people have been prophesying over me. People have been talking to me. April been sending me stuff. There was a time that I woke up and I got it. And I said, devil, I may die. But I can tell you what I'm going to die doing. I'm going to die preaching Jesus. And I'm going to die burning for revival. And I'm going to die burning for awakening. And I'm still here today. And I'm still burning. Listen, there's days that I don't even want to get out of bed. There is days, Shay, that I feel so bad that I don't even want to get out of bed. But I'm telling you, the minute that I pick a microphone up, or the minute that I step to do what God told me to do, the feelings is there. They're not there while I'm sitting in that chair. I think I'm going to pass out and I think I'm going to die. But the minute that the anointing comes up on me, God will anoint you to do what he, you don't think you can do. He's not in our ability. He's not in our ability. He's in our availability. All you've got to do is be available for God. And he will anoint you to do the work. Amen. And it says, I've told you in these ways, these things, so that when you, uh, so that you want to abandon your faith. For you will be expelled from synagogues. And in the time is coming when those who kill you will even think they're doing you a favor. Can I say that's here? <laughs> that's here. We might not be experiencing it wide open here yet, but go to China. Where they're cutting people's heads off. It's here. We're just so blessed we don't see it. And I pray that it never comes here. I pray that America stands up and we become who we're supposed to be. And I pray that we we will outlast this thing. But I'm gonna tell you something. If we don't, you better have your faith in Jesus Christ. Yeah. And you better be built up in His word. Amen. And it says they will kill you, and they will think they are doing a holy service to God. This is because they have never known the Father. In John sixteen, it says, "I have told you all this that you may have peace in me." That's the peace she was singing about. That's the peace when she was saying, "Just lift your hands, just lift your hands and receive the peace." I've heard uh, Corey Tim Boone tell stories of what some of her video clips. I've not ever heard her. I'm not that old. But I've heard her tell stories about how that in the midst of all of that stuff, she said, I had such peace. They asked her, said, was you scared? And she said, no. I wasn't scared. She said, I would hear God tell me to go do something. And she said, I would just know. She said, I was scared to start with. But she said, once I done it, and I seen that when I done what he told me to do, and it worked, and it didn't hurt me, she said, then after that, I had so much peace. Can I tell you something? If we would get real with God, oh, come on now. and get out of the hype, come on. and we would just get real with God, God desires to talk to us more than we desire for him to talk to us. Yeah. What? Do you hear me? God wants to talk to you more than even you want Him to talk to you. He desires to have fellowship with His Son. Yeah. 
Because see, that's what we are. We're his sons and his daughters. Show you your daughters go out of town. One of them is, don't you desire to hear her voice? When you're not with her, when you're not there, don't you desire for her just to call you? And even the one that's here, don't you desire for her just to come over and sit with you? Yeah, I love you. I know as a mother. I know as a mother. And can I tell you something? My daddy that took me squirrel hunting. That was some of our greatest times. Was me and him squirrel hunting together. That's some of my greatest memories. Is us doing that together. Why? Because I was his daughter. Or as he said, I was his baby. I'd give anything now to be able to go back and talk to him. And still would waste so much time running after a ministry, running after a call, running after money, running after a better car, running after a better girl, running after a better high. We spend so much time running after all of those things. You know, as she began to sing, a man's not going to do it for you. A drug's not going to do it for you. Money's not going to do it for you. Can I tell you something? If money would do it for you, why don't we have all these millionaires blowing their brains out? They're not happy. They're not happy. Money won't do it for you. But a relationship with Him. And listen, I've done it both ways. I've done it both ways. I have said and listened to God and made Him be so good. And then the next thing you know, my mind's off running this or let's go shopping or, or let's go let's go take the kids somewhere. Or let's go. And the next thing you know, I get wrapped up in the world. And then I'm not spending time. And then the next thing you know, I'm not happy. And the next thing you know, I'm mad at Scott. And the next thing you know, it don't take nothing to make my temperature boil. Or made to run my lap. Why? Because I've got away from the Bible. I've got away from Jesus. He's the one that holds me together. He's the one that holds everything together in your life. Amen. Without Him, you'll go back and get high. Amen. Listen, I run a program. I'm not knocking a program. But I'm telling you, a program will not keep you clean. A program may get you clean. It may get you in a place to where it will set you down and let you listen to the Lord. But I'm telling you right now, Jesus is what will keep you clean. That's what will keep you clean. And not only will He keep you clean, but will keep you happy, it will give you peace, and it will keep you in your right mind. Amen. My God, I'm telling you right now, if it wasn't for Jesus, sometimes I would lose my mind. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would lose my mind. It says, I've told you these things so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth. Here on earth. Now listen, he wasn't talking about while he was here. He was talking about, I'm fixing to leave. And I'm telling you, my disciples, I'm telling you this because I'm fixing to leave. And I'm telling you because I want you to know ahead of time that here on earth you're going to have many trials and sorrows. Can I just ask you something? Can I ask you something? You've had many trials and sorrows, haven't you? Yep. 
I can, and no joke, now I'm not a prophet, but I can tell a looking at your face. There's a lot of things happening in your life. Some of them has not been fair. But God. Some of them, and it's not fair. But God. Can I tell you something? That's not fair, bro. That's not fair. It's not fair that your mother taught you how to use drugs. Mm. How fair is that? Now, I'm not downing your mother, okay? She was an addict, too. That's the reason I can sit the pain in your face. And I know you're getting clean now, right? Are you, are you part of the home? You're getting clean now. But listen, God wants to take that stuff out of you. Okay? God wants to take that pain out of you. Because I'm going to tell you something. That pain will keep you using. That pain that you feel, the, all of that about your mother and all of that, that guilt and that shame, and the pain. God didn't call, have me to call you out to embarrass you, but He had me to call you out because I can see the pain in your face. And Jesus says He wants to take that away from you and He wants to give you some happiness. You've not been happy in a very, very, very long time. There's times that you have thought you was happy because you had the right girl or you had the right vehicle or you had the right Whatever the right is, okay? I'm not trying to be all prophetic correct here, okay? I'm not trying to say, hey, I'm a prophet. I'm telling you your stuff. I'm just telling you what I believe that God is telling me, okay? Those things you thought would make you happy, and none of them has ever made you happy. All it's ever done is made you go back and use it again. But God says this time, if you will really... Turn your life over to me. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. All of it. Now listen, I run a home for women, and I tell them this all the time. Okay? Women come to me, and they're like, oh, I want a new life. I want a new life. And I'm like, okay, we're going to give you a new life. So you're going to not have a boyfriend the whole year you're here. Oh, no, I can't do that. No, I want to quit doing the drugs, but I don't want to quit doing the no pun intended. <laughs> I don't want to quit doing the drugs. I want to quit doing the drugs, but I don't want to quit doing the men. <laughs> and I'm like, well, it don't work that way. That's right. Can I, now, this is for the women. Because can I tell you something? The men is what makes you go back and do the drugs.
stuff of getting somebody down and wrestling them to the floor and jerking their head around and making them puke in a bucket. That's the deliverance I believe in right there. If you surrender your life, when you accepted that spirit, what did you do? Come on in here, baby. What you done? When you get ready to make that thing leave, you've got to make it leave. Right. I can lay hands on you and listen, I know Jesus cast them out, but his disciples couldn't. His disciples tried to cast a demon out of a boy, and Jesus rebuked him, and he said, This kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. I have prayed and prayed and prayed for people that was possessed by the devil. And I'm thinking, my God, I don't have power for nothing. And Jesus said, no, they don't want it to leave. I can't take something from you. You got a wallet? You got a wallet? Come on, does anybody have a wallet? Come here. Get up, give me your wallet. Now you hold on to it, you hear me? Don't you let it go. You hold on to it. Don't you let it go. <laughs> Look, that's a $50 bill right there. He ain't going to let that go. Now I'm going to try to take it, okay? There is a legend. Now I can't take that. Now let go of it.
God's going to do it. All you got to do is want it. All you got to do is want it. April, uh, April, I want you and Samantha to be praying because when I get done, I want you to pray for people. God's going to set some people free in here tonight. Yep, he is. Lord, I thank you, Jesus. Can we just give the Lord a big hand clap? Lord, we thank you ahead of time. God, we thank you ahead of time of what you're going to do in this place. God, I thank you for the salvation that's going to come in this place tonight. I thank you for the deliverance that's going to come in this place tonight. I thank you, God, that there's going to be people delivered from alcohol and drugs in this place tonight. I thank you, God, there's going to be people that's delivered from sexual perversion in this place
For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Can I tell you something? Once God's marked you, I don't care if you go to a crack house. I don't care if you go to a whorehouse. I don't care where you're going. He's going to be right there. And he's going to be tapping you on the shoulder. There was a minister one time. Some of y'all may not uh, know him, but there was a minister one time that I knew. He's an older minister. And this other minister had actually. And somebody had called and told him, said he's in this hotel drunk. Said he's saying he's going to kill himself. And he said, I went. And he said that he wouldn't let me in. And he said, I went and told the, he said, I could hear him in there talking. And he said, I went to the front desk. He said, you've got to let me in that room. His wife's called, said he's fixing to kill himself. So they let him in. And he said, when I got inside that door, he said that man was on his floor so drunk he couldn't breathe, couldn't talk. But he was speaking in tongues. And can I tell you something? The man repented, got back with the Lord, and finished his ministry. Listen, there's times that all of us, I don't care who you are. I don't care how great of a prophet you are. I don't care how great of an apostle you are. I don't care how great of a pastor, preacher, teacher. I don't care. There's times that all of us need to hear, don't stop. Don't give up. If you've got to climb the hill drunk, climb it drunk. Because on the other side of it, May be your deliverance. Now listen, I know you don't hear any preachers say that. I told a boy not long ago. He come to our church. And I told him, I said, listen, I want you to come back. Even if you come back high. Because see, he was high right then. He said, what do you mean, come back high? I said, I mean, if you can't get here no other way but high, I want you here. And it blew his mind because he had always been raised in religion. The religion of clean yourself up and you come to church. And all of a sudden, he had a minister standing up telling him, if you've got to come high, you come. Because can I tell you something? I've seen God sober too many people up. I've seen God fill drunk people with the Holy Ghost. And them leave as sober as they have If the little woman calling adultery didn't intimidate him, you getting high ain't going to intimidate him. He knelt down on her level and looked her straight in the eye. He didn't talk down to her. He didn't talk up to her. He got eye level with her to let her know, hey, I know where you've been. And I know where you're going to go. Amen. Says, let us become, let us not become weary in doing well. For at the proper time we will reap a harvest. Can I tell you something? There's a harvest out there that needs reaping right now. Yes. We're not waiting on the harvest. It's there. We're just not doing our job. <laughs> Can I just be hard on that chain? The harvest is there. We're just not doing our job. It's waiting for us to go out there and get it. It's, Jesus is saying, you're not waiting on me. I'm waiting on you. Get up. Spend time with me. Worship me. Praise me. Read my word. Go deep like this. 
brother, wherever he went, said, go deep. Go deep in God. Go deep. The deeper you go in God, the more deliverance you'll have. Amen. There's things God's delivered me from right now. I've been in this for almost 30 years, and there's things in my life that I need deliverance from. No, I'm not going sleeping around on Scott, and I'm not smoking some joint. But there's things in my life. Shay, there's some jealousy sometimes in my life, even as a minister, that we need delivered from that stuff. Right. That's right. Yep. There's bitterness sometimes. Can I tell you something? There's sometimes I want to knock somebody out. <laughs> I mean, with my fist, double up, lay them down somewhere. And I know I'm old, and I probably couldn't do it. I've got a big mouth. I've got a big mouth and little fist. <laughs> But there's times I want to. Can I, tell, I need to be delivered from some of that stuff. There's things in all of our lives. There's things in all of our lives that God all the way through our life. Can I tell you something? We wouldn't know we needed God if we didn't have all those weaknesses. Jesus says, in my weakness, you are made strong. Or in your weakness, I'm made strong. Because when people see your weakness, they can see all the more. Jesus. Amen. And it says in Isaiah 40 and 10, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will withhold you, uphold you with my righteous right hand. Be confident of this very thing. Now I want you to listen to this. Really listen to the scripture. Philippians 1 and 6. Be confident of this, that he who began a good work in you, can I just preach to myself? So, him that began a good work in you, in it will carry it out until it's completed. Yeah. Come on. That's my prayer, Shay. Listen, I told my granddaughter the other day, I said, listen, I said, I know if I died, y'all would be sad. That's a natural response. Okay? But I do not think I've got to die sick. Nowhere in the Word does Jesus ever tell me I've got to die sick. He took Elijah. Who else did he take? Enoch. He took Enoch. Well, he's going to take Sue. Because I'm refusing to die sick. I mean, now listen to me. I may do it. I'm not going to tell you I'm not. But I'm telling you within myself, I refuse to die sick. And I'm telling God that. God, I'm not, you're not letting me die sick. I told my granddaughter, I said, it would be sad for y'all. I said, but you've got to look. He'd be a reunion to me. Yeah. <laughs> I get to see all my past, my daddy, yeah. and all the ones that died before me. He'd be a reunion to me. But listen to me. It's more important that I stay here and finish the work. Yeah. I don't care to die. I do not care to die. But I refuse to die short of my lifespan. <clears throat> the word says that all the days of our life is written in a book. And I've told the Lord, till I get to the end of the book. Now when I get to the end, when I preach my last sermon, or I lay my hands on my last person, is it not looking? Yeah, it is. I thought, Jesus. What in the world is happening to me? 
That done freaked me out a little bit. <laughs> or till I tell my last story to my grandchild. Whatever that end of that book is. Now when I get to the end of that, then Jesus, you can take me home. But I refuse to let the enemy take me out. He don't have no right to take you out. Brother, he don't have no right to take you out. If you're in Jesus, he has no right to you. You have been bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. And the devil cannot cross that blood. I'm going to preach myself happy here in a minute. Because see, God's given me to, God's given me that as I'm preaching it. And I'm thinking, man, I've got to go write that down. So that in the morning when I get up and I'm hurting, I can go, devil, you ain't coming across the blood. Jesus is good, isn't he? All the time. For the Spirit of God gave us does not make us timid or make us fear. But he gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Now see, one version says the sound mind. I like self-discipline because nobody likes that. Everybody wants deliverance, but they don't want to have to do nothing to keep it. Everybody wants to get in a prayer line and let's lay hands and cast the devil out of them. But then they want to go back out and go sleep with some woman or some man. Guess what? You just took that demon back. Everybody wants free, but nobody wants self-discipline to do it. You want me to tell you the number one way that you can get self-discipline? Go fast. Go fast. Do you a three-day fast where you don't do nothing but water? Now, don't do it if you're not healthy. Check with your doctor. <laughs> but that will teach you real quick how to self-discipline yourself. I had a girl come to the house, and right off the bat, she was like, I need to fast. And I'm like, what? You don't even know what it is to be saved yet. What do you mean you need to fast? She said, I don't know. She said, I just feel like I need to fast. Well, come to find out, she had a very bad Bad, probably as bad as I've ever seen, lustful spirit. And all of a sudden, God had her fasting. And God began to show me why. Because he was teaching her discipline. He was teaching her control over her body. Isn't that crazy how God does stuff like that? When you begin to get control over your body, you'll be able to say no to that needle. Because see, listen to me. Once you get set free, once you've been in a place for a year, now I don't know how y'all y'all program does, mine does a year. Once you've been in my program for a year and you've not touched a drug, can I tell you something? You're not addicted no more. <laughs> when you choose to go back out and use, you're choosing your own, you're making bad choices. You're not doing it because of the addiction. Because the addiction's not there. It's gone. But the people will use that. I can't help it. I'm an addict. I can't help it. Yes, you can help it. The Jesus Christ that's living on the inside of you says that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that means you can say no to a needle. You can say no to a woman. 
You can say no to a man, and you can say no to your anger. Amen? Yes. How many had a good time tonight? I don't know if y'all had a good time tonight, but I had a real good time tonight. I appreciate the Lord letting me preach like he's let me preach. Because I don't always get to do that. I mean, I know some places you go, you don't always, you have to plow more than what you preach. But, and I appreciate that. Now listen, I want the worship team to come back up. I mean, is Chase and Rocco have a prayer line? Okay. Now this may take a little while, but I want, I want you to just, I'll tell you what we're going to do. I want everybody to sit still. How's that? Can I do it like that, Shay? Okay. As they would come up and they begin to play and sing, I want this first row right here, if you want prayer. Okay? And if you don't want prayer, I want, if you don't want prayer, I want you to just sit quiet and pray for the ones that's up here. Okay? That's some of the most powerful prayer that you can ever do is to pray for somebody else that's in, that's Thank you for listening. Prayer, okay? Donate at PayPal. And I want you just to come and line up right here and we're just going to begin to pray.